Welcome to the Seek First podcast with Steve and Jordan. This is a podcast about seeking first the kingdom of God where we work, live, and play. The content of each podcast will correspond to the current sermon series at Ontario Christian Church, current events that rise up, and also to the church calendar. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the Seek First podcast with Stephen Jordan. We're thankful that you joined us once again. Episode 9 this week, we're going to be dealing with um, the kingdom ethics, dealing with character and finances. Um, so uh, where are we going to kind of start off with this with this episode? Yeah, we're going to be picking up kind of on a few scriptures that you um, <clears throat> had mentioned in your sermon, which if you're listening to this and you've not yet listened to the most recent sermon, I would encourage you to go listen to it. That was one of the the best, actually, sermon I've ever heard on finances. So I'll pay you later. He did not know I was going to say that. No, I'll pay you later. No. It's good. Yeah, so go back and listen to that. We're going to pick up on a few of the scriptures. And really, um, money gets talked about a lot in scripture. Mm-hmm. Jesus taught a lot about money. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that money reveals a lot of our heart, mm-hmm. how we spend it how we get it, all of those kinds of questions. So we're going to jump into some of that kind of under the guise of kingdom ethics, keeping that focus and what it's like to live in the kingdom and to use our wealth to further that kingdom and to uh, use our wealth exactly how God tells us to. So you want to jump into that first scripture? Uh, go for it. Okay. First Timothy six seventeen through 19. This was brought up in Steve's sermon, um, and there's a lot packed in here, so we're going to try to draw some more out of it. Paul charges Timothy as uh, he is finishing uh, this first letter to him. He says, As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. There's a lot in there. Mm-hmm. Um, where do you want to start? Well, I think I think the initial thing is some of us are immediately thinking, I'm not rich. Hmm. And I think uh, if you're American, you're already there. You are. <laughs> so let's just default towards even uh, those of us middle class and, and whatnot. We're, we're very rich comparatively um, when it comes to the world. And so uh, kind of reading this through the lens of the fact that uh, this is me, this is us. And so we are rich in this present age. We have a lot. Um, so just being reminded of the fact that his next words charge them not to be haughty is a reminder that we're supposed to not be full of pride, but humility. Um, even when it comes to our finances, in other words, don't allow our finances to be what defines us. And then also gives us an excuse to be, um, kind of a jerk to everybody else mm. because we've got so much or to hold it over, lord it over other people as well. And, um, the next phrase, not to set your hopes on uncertainty of riches, but on God, um, those have been around long enough have been through the ups and downs financially of the world. Um, and so just reminding the fact that think uh, finances, money comes and goes. Um, even if you're a wonderful steward of those things, it's just really unpredictable to some degree. And we're not to set all of our hope on that, but to put our hope in the Lord. But that's the first things that come to my mind over that first half of that verse. Any thoughts you have, I guess, in that, in that section? Yeah, I think uh, just kind of what you pointed out, but the nor to set their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God. Like, and 
us putting our hope and trust in God, especially in this area, actually proves to be very freeing. Um, and we're going to get to that later with uh, Hebrews when he says, keep your life free from the love of money. But he then goes on to say that God richly provides us with everything to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, just to be honest, when I first read that, I'm like, does he really, though? <laughs> and it's because I'm not looking in the right places or I'm not trusting him in the ways that I ought to. But God God desires to richly provide us with everything to enjoy. Um, should we jump into 18 there? Yeah, uh, before we go there, just as, I, just as a reminder in the message, I've made it very clear that um, there's conviction that comes with the scriptures when it comes to finances. And so we immediately want to... <clears throat> kind of shut down, I think, when we talk about money and politics and don't talk about those things, you know. Mm. Um, but Jesus talks a ton about them, and so does Solomon. I mean, it's just there all the time. And that it is a resource that gives us the ability to enjoy life to some degree as well. It gives us the ability to mm. bless others, to bless our family, um, and to just to, to participate in the kingdom of God here and, and now as well. So just it's not, a, it's not a horrible thing. The love of money is, right, that mm. – but – God allows us to have those resources also, and he gifts those resources to us um, for our enjoyment while we're here as well. So just, like I said this in the sermon, like sometimes the most holy thing you can do is take a week off and enjoy time with your family Mm. and uh, vacate reality for a bit, you know, but it should be intentional. And so God gives us those things to enjoy as well. So this isn't like um, you don't have to go become a monk living in a desert without any resources. God allows us to use those resources for his glory and others' good. And those others often start at our own doorstep and work its way out as well. So initial thoughts, just real quick on that. So Mm -hmm. keep going. Absolutely. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share. This one definitely zings me a bit. Um, I just think they are to do good. And I'm I'm blanking on the reference right now, but um, just the idea, um, this is elsewhere in Paul's letters, where we are to to do good and be honorable among outsiders, that they may see Jesus in us, um, and just kind of being in search of the common good, um, both with our actions and with our resources. Then he goes on to say, to be rich in good works. And how much time do I spend thinking about how can I get more money? And and he's saying to be rich in good works and doing good deeds and doing good things for other people. Um, and then to be generous and ready to share. Honestly, sometimes I, I struggle with that, to be ready to share, like in this constant state of readiness. And we've been talking about this recently with things like hospitality mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And like, I like my time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like, you know, and I like, to hoard my resources for myself. I think that's all of our natural bents. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's charging them to not be that way, to go against the grain of our flesh and to be outwardly generous and ready to share. Mm-hmm. And and he, he cites it, and I don't want to move too quickly, but I guess 19 is finishing this sentence in classic run-on sentence Paul form thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may uh, take hold of that, which is truly life. Like it's, it's the difference between, um, storing up treasures in heaven, storing up treasures on earth. And Jesus in the sermon on the Mount says where moth and rust destroy. Um, but he's saying in doing good and being rich in good works and in being generous and ready to share, um, we actually are storing up treasures and in, in a good foundation for their future. 
and taking hold of that which is truly life, which is something we continue to say. Like the whole point of kingdom ethics and living into these things is Jesus has designed us in a certain way that when we live in that way, human humanity flourishes. Mm-hmm. We flourish, and it's that life and life abundantly. So, yeah, money's a resource as well, and it's not just it's not the static thing that you just build up and gain interest on and can utilize mm-hmm. it to buy what you want. Um, it is a resource that flows through through our hands. And it shouldn't stop there is kind of what this scripture is reminding us, the fact that that our money isn't to stop in our bank account or in our in our home or whatever and just be a dead or dormant uh, so that we can be, quote unquote, secure in this world. But instead, it's a resource that flows through our mm-hmm. hands and our home. Um, and so we got to think of how we get it. Like, what are the ethics behind how we do get our finances, our money? Uh, then we also also have to think about the ethic of what what do we do with it? while we steward it where does it flow from it's flowing to me and then it flows from me and in what way does it flow from me in such a way that makes the biggest impact for the kingdom of god where we live work and play and i think that we kind of we almost compartmentalize our finances off away from every other aspect of the kingdom and we same is true with a lot of we're going to talk about politics this sunday i mean there's just a natural compartmentalization that occurs within us that says um this is worldly that's spiritual money's worldly and uh, the kingdom of God's spiritual. Therefore, they don't, they know they go hand in hand. Uh, if our finances are spiritual, like what we do with them have spiritual impacts, uh, as well as the obvious physical impacts as well. Um, and so just keeping, like when I read that, uh, we're all rich. We don't set our hopes in our richness or our finances. Um, God has given it to us for us to enjoy and use for his glory and others' good. Uh, we're to be rich in sharing these things, mm-hmm. uh, so they're flowing from us to others. And I don't store it up hoping to somehow secure my future completely, but I take hold of that which is truly life, which is Jesus, right? Uh, the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And so the goal of your finances is to ultimately bring God glory and help those around us, right? And so just being mindful of the fact that it's a resource. Our money's a resource. It is not the ends. Right. It's a tool to the ends of glorifying God and helping others. Thoughts? Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, you said glorify God and help others. And that certainly includes your family. Absolutely. You know, and those around you. So this, yes, like we should have a drive to provide yes. and to uh, support in that way. Yeah. But um, it is true. It's, it's not an end in itself. It's yeah. a means to the end of glorifying Jesus. Yeah, I mean, the scripture is very clear that if, if you have the capacity to work and you don't, you're worse than an infidel. Like, if you mm-hmm. don't provide for your own family, mm-hmm. then you're actually putting that burden on other people to fill that. So if you can do that, the biggest blessing is to take care of your family financially mm-hmm. so that there's bandwidth for other people to get help as well. So, yeah, I think it's really clear that um, it is to it is to bless our families and to provide for them and then flow from that into helping our neighbors and helping others. Yeah, absolutely. I wonder, you know, you kind of touched on this uh, kind of like a segregation of money from the kingdom. You said like we do it with other stuff. Mm -hmm. I wonder how much of it with money has to do with the fact that oftentimes my money is correlated to my effort. Like I extended this effort in my labor and then I got this paycheck. Mm -hmm. And so it, you know, it's mine. in a sense, and I earned it. Mm-hmm. And so I don't, I'm, I'm less likely to want to surrender it to the Lord because mm-hmm. I earned that, yeah. you know? And I, to a degree, that's true. And we can, you know, it, it's a, 
a paid wage that we did earn, mm-hmm. but ultimately what's it to be used for right. is the question that we're getting at. So Yeah, and I in that I even ask, I guess, who gave you the job? Mm-hmm. Well, I earned the job. No, God gave you the ability to do it. Right. You didn't. I mean, sure there's certain aspects that we can all grow in to better ourselves to become better employees, better owners, all that stuff. It's really important that we do that. But God stewarded that job or that business to you as well. So mm-hmm. it isn't even yours. It's God's. Right. So when we change our perspective of, um, yes, I did a day's day's labor, therefore give me my day's wage. Uh, but God gave you the breath. He gave you the, the stamina. He gave you the intellect, mm-hmm. the abilities. Uh, you may tweak them, but even God's giving you the bandwidth to tweak them. And so I think that when we give glory to God, we realize in that instance that even though I earned X amount, it's his anyhow. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I mean, the greatest enemy of all of this, we've been talking about this, is pride. Mm. And that's what can easily take place, especially financially, because there's an instant gratification, near instant. Sure. I earned it, something got deposited in my bank account, and now I've, you know, that's mine. Hmm. And I talked about that in the sermon. There's a, we become toddlers very quickly when it comes to money or things. Yeah. Uh, Mine, 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 mine. I earned it, it's mine, Mm. um, versus uh, the Lord has entrusted it to you. So, yeah. And money is one of those things that almost works. Right. You know? Yes. It just almost works. Yep. And it almost satisfies our deepest aches and longings. and But in the end, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And in the end, it makes us more <laughs> worried, anxious, you mm-hmm. know, the more we gather. So, yeah, it almost satisfies in the, in the, in the way that it can buy some of those things. Yeah. But it's never enough. Right. And so, I think that's like... We want to talk about lies that Satan feeds. We were talking about this earlier that are just purely antithetical to life in the kingdom. Just the opposite of what God has said. Some of these lies sound really good. Like it sounds really good to have a lot of money and have a home and an extra home somewhere nice. And that that's, again, that those things aren't a problem, but just it sounds really good to like gather and try to cover up my wounds like with this stuff. Mm-hmm. It sounds good, but I don't realize is a I don't realize it is a lie until I feel what it's like to live that lie sometimes mm-hmm. and to to realize this doesn't satisfy this doesn't bring me the hope that only Jesus can this doesn't affirm my identity as a follower of Jesus like he does mm-hmm. you know it only he can provide that satisfaction um and the the salvation that our souls need so yeah, I mean, Solomon says in Ecclesiastes 5, in the beginning of the sermon, I quoted this text from, um, mm. he who loves money will not be satisfied with money, nor he who loves wealth with his income. This is all, all his vanity. We always want more. I want more, like when it comes to these <laughs> things too. Like we struggle with this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, when goods increase, they increase who eat them, and what advantage has their owner but to see them with his eyes. And so we just gaze upon the thing that we've earned. And then what we realize, we are easily dissatisfied. Mm. Or we, or it becomes an idol, and we got to keep it looking perfect, or whatever it is. And so, it, instead of us owning it, it owns us, and that's the temptation with this stuff: mm. is who owns what. Uh, then it goes on, and I'll end here. Sweet is the sleep of a laborer, whether he eats little or much, but the full stomach of the rich will not let him sleep. Mm. In other words, the drive is to have more, mm. not to be content with what God has gifted us. So, which absolutely leads right into Hebrews thirteen. Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. He doesn't give a caveat to be content with what you have. There's not like if you only have this or 
be content with what you have, wherever it, it's wherever you're at. And this this charge to be content with what we have. Um, I wrestle with that because, like you said, it's this desire for more, which biblically is like lust and greed. Mm-hmm. You know, just in a different context than we might typically think about specifically lust, but it is this like desire for more that I, you know, at times will do whatever it takes to get. Um, and he goes on to say, for he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, forsake you. So we can confidently say the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? What are some of the things that jump out to you as we kind of read that? Well, verse five is still, I mean, even when I read it in the sermon, it steps on your, my toes. I mean, there's things that I I want that I'm not content not having sometimes. And that's a, Mm -hmm. that's a wrestling match that we have with the flesh. Um, And I think it comes about, especially in our culture, because we're always told there's something better. There's something better. There's something newer. Um, And so our world, our whole economy to a large degree is banked on that Mm -hmm. thought of, uh, you know, this iPhone is going to be obsolete next week. You buy it this week, it's obsolete next week almost, it seems like. And so there's always this constant push towards um, the news about to come out. And so being content is really, really tricky in our culture. And we live in a disposable culture. Mm -hmm. Like uh, we buy it, we use it, we throw it away. And we when it breaks, we don't fix it. Um, It's just kind of the, the world that we live in. But the key being keep your life free from love of money. And and again, God has given us a resource. He's allowed the resource of money. It's an important resource. It's an important tool to be used for his glory and others' good. But what, what drives us? What is driving our what motivates us in our life? Mm-hmm. Is the money what motivates us? Or is it the ability to bless our family and bless others that motivates us? Two mm-hmm. different motivations. Uh, one brings life, the other brings um, captivity. And so if I'm free from the love of money and it isn't the driving force, then it can be used for his glory and others good. I can give it to support missionaries. I can help my neighbor. I can do all kinds of things uh, culturally and socially to make an impact for the kingdom of God. And it pointed out in the sermon, just as a reminder, we, we use the phrase, I will never leave you nor forsake you a lot. And then in the context in Hebrews, it has to do with money mm-hmm. because we will put our confidence in, in, our, in, in our bank account. We'll put our faith in the government having Social Security around when I'm ready to bank bank on it towards retirement, Lord willing. Um, and so, I I think we we will, we tend to rest better knowing things are secure. Mm. And what God is saying is, do not put your faith in that. It's insecure. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Mm-hmm. Like find your security in me. Find your worth in me. Find your um, your all in me. And when, when that's the case, then he goes on and says, so that we can confidently say, like, without doubt, the Lord is my he- helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. So if I lose it all and I'm in a cardboard box, I still trust that God is for me and with me um, and that, that he's present. He's present in that. And so my faith isn't in, nor is my status in what I live in or drive. My status is in the fact that I'm a child of God. And I know it sounds really, it's easy to say. Hmm. But that's why I think the phrase so we can confidently say is it, that it's different. To confidently say something is to say, I truly believe this in my heart and soul. Mm-hmm. So that's what, I don't know, thoughts you? Yeah, I mean, it, it just it made me think of verse 17 of First Timothy chapter 6. Not to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches. Like you were kind of getting into that. That's uncertain. That's mm-hmm. not going to last. But God is, will never leave us or forsake us. And um 
keeping our life free from the love of money is again, as you said, the purpose is to glorify God and to bless others. And it's an understanding that it's his money and my house is his house, like to be used for his glory. My time is his time to be used for his glory and to the blessing of others. And it made me think about um, something that happened when I was uh, living in Michigan. I was on my way to a men's retreat um, and a friend named Doug was driving me up there. And we got like 15 minutes away from this retreat and his truck broke down. And, you know, we were probably an hour and a half away from home at this point. And just watching him navigate what happened, I mean, he, he couldn't move it. I, f- I forget exactly. Something went wrong with the transmission. Um, and it was it was just not going to not gonna fly. Hmm. <laughs> and I was like, so, so Doug, what are you going to do? And he goes, well, if God wants to use his money to fix his truck, then so be it. <laughs> and I remember just being like, that's such a simple answer, but this guy lived like it was the truest thing in the world, hmm. and all that's how he lived his life um, with everything. And hmm. I that that's always always stuck out to me. If he hmm. wants to use his money to fix his truck, then so be it. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's amazing. Like if, if you don't live that way, how 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 many times has something small hmm. gone awry? And like all hope gets lost in that moment. And then like two weeks later, when you're back to normal life, you're like, why did I fret so much? Mm. Why did I lose so much sleep and so much energy and so many, lose so many times for good thoughts, you know, during mm. that time. That's mm. I like that narrative. That's a really good story. It's good stuff. Yeah. And it reflecting on those moments proves to be, like that's how we grow. Mm-hmm. I think it's like, why am I so dependent on this? And that mm-hmm. introspection of why is my heart attached to things other than than God? Mm-hmm. Um, and why am I trusting in other things to give me what what only God can? Mm-hmm. That's what I I try to remind myself of is like, why am I trusting in things to give me that they cannot give? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm deceived. One, I mean, and Satan's a deceiver, and I deceive myself at times. We mm-hmm. talked about in the last one, we're our own false prophets. Right. We retell our, the narrative to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, but throughout the scriptures, it's trust in God, not in stuff. Trust in God, not in your wealth. And again, it actually leads us to a life of freedom, to be freely able to give and bless um, because it's his. Yeah. And it's to be used for his purposes. Yeah, you're bringing me right to that last Paul Tripp quote that I didn't mm. quite get to squeeze into the sermon on Sunday. Um, this is from that same article, What Did Jesus Teach About Money? And mm. I'd, look, I'd encourage you, I know there's a book, I believe, also that he wrote with that title maybe. But uh, he says, how would your finances change if you loved God's kingdom so much that it was that it is where you wanted to invest your time, energy, mm. and money? How specifically would a God's kingdom focus serve as your defense against frivolous and selfish spending? Are you ready to pray? Your will be done right here, right now in my finances as it is in heaven. If you would budget with God's kingdom in view, how would your budget change? And that was super convicting. As I, I mean, mm. and the reason it made it in my sermon notes is because I'm like, Lord, help me to grow in this. Mm-hmm. Like, help me to surrender my finances, my time, my budget, my faith. Mm-hmm. And all these things that I have a tendency to put my faith in, help me to surrender that to you. Um, so I'll just, and I, I'll be sending these quotes out um, 
via email, our midweek email this week as well. But yeah, any thoughts on that before I move on to just one last scripture I, I was thinking about? Yeah, it's just that um, it's a gut punch. It is a gut punch, mm-hmm. I know. But he's know. that's how he writes because <laughs> he's, he's just always like siphoning out the heart. Right. I, I love it. It's yeah. good. We need we need to reflect on that stuff. And the are we able to pray your will be done in my finances? That mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not always willing or able to pray that. And I was as I was thinking about that specific quote and kind of from my mind wrapping some of this up, because our goal is not money as much as the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And that the kingdom ethic says God has entrusted this resource for my to me for his glory and others good, just like everything else in my life. Um, and so do I hoard it for my safety's sake and trying to make a, a net that I can fall into, or do I, do I let it filter through my fingers? And then what would I do for the kingdom of God? Just with that quote, even, but Matthew 13, uh, Jesus shares about the parable of the hidden treasure, uh, verse 44, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. And Jesus is using finances and money and treasure in this moment to capture, uh, what kind of basic, the basic, most fundamental thing that speaks to us at times is that money or that treasure. And so he's saying, is not the kingdom of God even more valuable than that? Would you sell all? Would you give up all to pursue my kingdom? Mm. Um, and he goes on in 45, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it. Mm. Um, and just keeping in mind that uh, the kingdom ethic of finances is, it's a tool, it's a resource, but ultimately it, the kingdom of, of God is what we're pursuing with it. How do we u- utilize it to, to do what would bring him glory and uh, extend his rule and reign in this world? So, hmm. Any closing thoughts you have as we kind of wrap this up today? I'm just, 44 is, uh, <clears throat> is hitting me. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. Is that, is that how I think about the kingdom of yeah. heaven? Mm-hmm. That there's, I keep coming back to, I think it's in John 4 when Jesus said, I have food to eat that you don't mm-hmm. know about. Mm-hmm. Like there's this, there's this thing about the kingdom that like we do taste. That's what we keep coming back to. It's life like life with Jesus mm-hmm. and the life he came to give. Um, and we we taste it by starving ourselves or depriving ourselves or putting off our sinful patterns of operating within his world with our extra spending and, you know, in this conversation and the ways in which we aren't generous. Like when we actually give, that's the whole, like it's better to give than receive. Mm-hmm. It actually is, that's actually true. <laughs> And that's, that's, uh, I just think the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. Is that how I think about it? And am I, am I pursuing it like it's that? Mm -hmm. And like Jesus is the pearl of great value. Mm -hmm. So that, that's where I'm thinking. Yeah. It's, and I agree. I'm, I'm with you completely in that. Um, what, what is at the forefront of my mind throughout the day? Um, what's at the forefront of my heart throughout the day? Um, is it the kingdom of God or is it the kingdom of this world? And um, just the struggle that finances and money can have, that we have with it rather, um, instead of seeing the greater good that God desires to maybe utilize it for, for his name's sake. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, appreciate you listening. Uh, hopefully this has kind of uh, spawned some thoughts of your own. Uh, when it comes to your resources that God has entrusted to you, and again, that this is not a judgmental thing. This is a this is a reality that God has has given us uh, that His kingdom is highly valuable, 
and that we're to seek it with all that we have, and that uh, in the meantime, he's given us resources of finances, time, talent, treasure, relationships uh, to be used to further his kingdom and to love others well. So thanks for listening in this week. May God bless you. Thanks for listening to the Seek First podcast with Steve and Jordan. We hope you enjoyed the conversation today. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please feel free to reach out to us, as well as any topics you would like us to consider in the weeks to come. We encourage you to continue to seek first the kingdom of God where you work, live, and play. Blessings.